Show 10, James. Show number 10. Where are the fireworks? Show 10? Like, where's the champagne? Like, why aren't we in a penthouse downtown Vancouver right now throwing a huge banger of a party? This needs to be celebrated. Double digits, baby. We made it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I... Show 10. Like, wow. Pretty stoked we made it this far. I know. Like, it's really cool. So, we got Brooke Crane coming on today. I'm excited to talk to Brooke. I think it'll be a good conversation. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited to talk to her. Another female on the show, with, which I think is great. Uh, another top rider in the BMX world. Someone who's been on the, in the scene for, I'd say, a good while now, too. So, that's exciting. Yeah, and obviously, she's got a good story off the track, too, with her recent engagement with uh, Rach. I want to get into that a bit, too, and uh, kind of hear the story about it. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited for all that, to be honest. So, first of all, James, Tiger. Oh, boy, okay. Tiger oh freaking woods, bro. <laughs> I don't know who watches golf, who listens to this podcast that watches golf, but if they were, they would have been going, like, they would have been getting hyped like we were, because, oh, my God, he was on fire. Dude, we all just witnessed one of those great sporting moments that's going to be replayed for generations and generations. Like, I had goosebumps, and when he tapped in for, uh, for the win on 18, like, and just watching everything, like, I started feeling a little emotional. Like, watching that was truly incredible. Yeah, like, I mean, if you follow his story, like, all the shit he's gone through the past years to come back to where he is now, it's like, like an F you to everybody that said he, said he couldn't do that and, like, he wasn't going to be able to make it because, fuck, he... He fucking made it. <laughs> Dude, 43 and you win the Masters after not winning a major for 11 years and going through spinal fusions and all that. Holy crap. Uh, Dude, I could tell, like, so I watched the tournament a couple weeks ago, the match play tournament he was in, and he beat McElroy one on, or, uh, yeah, one-on-one. I was like, oh, dude, he's feeling it. Like, he, he, looked, he started looking sharp. And then I could tell, like, I watched every single round of the past four days of the Masters. And even the beginning, he... Uh, he shot like two under the first day and was stro- a few strokes back, but he missed so many putts. And I could tell by just the way he was hitting the ball and like the confidence he was walking around the course. I was like, dude, he's going to win. It's incredible. Like, let's just talk about his recovery game too. Like you say, his putting's good, but his recovery, it doesn't matter where he put the ball. His second shots would always be like out of this world. He'd put his drive like in the pine straw, like in the trees, and then just thread the needle in this little hole onto the green and birdie. <laughs> That's fucking badass. Unbelievable. <laughs> like, I'm a, I'll, I just want to watch the round over again. Yeah, I want to watch it too. It was incredible. Oh, my gosh. You didn't get to watch it much, hey? No, we were racing on the weekend, so I came back every time to watch as soon as I could. And, like, the first two days, I got to see most of it. But then on the weekend, the days I really wanted to watch, I barely got to see it, which I was bummed about. Yeah, I mean, I remember watching Tiger win the Masters in, like, 2005 with my dad. And that's, this is the first time I've seen a tiger like that. I just feel like a little kid watching. It was so cool. Yeah, it was badass. Side note, if anybody noticed there, I'm, nobody knows where I am right now. I'm in a business room here in Toronto. Just came out from the airport. Give us, and, the, de- uh, give us the deets, James. So how was the weekend and all that? Well, let me just say, I was going to get to this point that I'm in this business center and some random guy just walked in here and was like, oh, hello there. And I was, I was trying to like play cool, like, bro, I'm busy here. <laughs> bro, this is business. We're doing work here, okay? You need to keep it down. Quite in the studio. We we need our sem- we need our own like coffee chatter seminar room. Seriously, we should be at this booked. I want to book. Our tech team needs to get on this when I'm on the road. Needs to book me a room for this. Okay? We need a, we need our hour and a half window now. Yeah. So how was long that? Enough, so. How was Costa Rica? It was great. Yeah. So team and I went down to Costa Rica for a couple C1 races, and it was a lot of fun to be honest. The uh, the track was pretty small, really flat hill. Um, from what I heard, it's actually like the only 
track in Costa Rica. The only which one? Was pretty crazy. Yeah, I was really surprised. I, the guy said it was the only track. Wow. So I was pretty surprised. But I mean, yeah, like I said, it was a pretty good track. It had paved turns and everything, good last straight rhythm section. Um, so that was really fun. We had about 16 guys, which was cool. So we had like two racks at a main. And uh, basically, it was just me, uh, Alex, Carlos were duking it out basically all three days for the podium. And then uh, Gabby was in there too, right behind us. So it was a fun weekend. Yeah. Was there a lot of people there? Or what was the crowd like and all that? Um, to be honest, I think there was only like 20 motos. It was pretty small because oh, the ride wow. race in Costa Rica like, is like tiny if that's the only track. It's like a Canadian race. Pretty much, yeah. We Seriously, we started racing, I think, uh, 10 o'clock in the morning. We're done three motos by 11 and then did our main at like 11.30, 11.45. We're, we were finished by noon. Oh, what a treat. It was fantastic. It was what great. a treat. And like, they were hyped to have us there, of course, because small track. They don't get to see many foreign riders, so they were stoked. Did, did they like? Did they know who all you guys were and all that? I think a little bit, yeah. Like, um, we did like a lot of pictures and autographs after racing on the second day. I'm sure, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, so I think they knew. A lot of them did. And then obviously... I think a lot of them just followed us on Instagram and stuff afterwards. Probably didn't know the ones that didn't know about us. Um, but it was pretty cool. Like you're in the, standing in the gate and you can't get mad, but like they're all like going crazy on like the first straight, like yelling during the call. Uh, and you're yeah. like, you, you want to tell them to shut up, but it's like, it's kind of cool at the same time. Yeah. I mean, at that point you just kind of got to enjoy the whole experience. Mm-hmm. How was so, that? Yeah, it was really fun. How was Costa Rica in general? Like where you stayed, all that. It was nice. We stayed in like this little resort area resort area which was kind of cool um had like our own little apartment rooms and then it was nice that they had like nice enough that they had like weddings going on a couple birthday parties while we were there so that was pretty cool and then after racing because we had time on sunday we like drove to this little safari thing got to go down to some waterfalls and check out like these uh kind of like a little zoo almost so what'd you see a bunch of shit (laughs) a bunch of animals we saw like um monkeys birds snakes and wild cats like i don't know if it was a cheetah there's some jaguar or something i don't really know exactly <laughs> so a lot you, of shit. while you while you guys were in costa rica i couldn't ride because literally nobody's here we all left you hanging everyone the whole now stream left my parents left to go to go to uh italy to visit my sister who's teaching elementary school in <laughs> milan right now so yeah. they couldn't come to the track with me all my friends were working so like thursday friday i'm just sitting here thinking of anybody that could go to the track with me and i'm like well sick like i can't go ride <laughs> yeah we all left and then there's also that race there in uh where is it oh i'm blanking here in washington so all the amateurs are going to be yeah. down south at the aba race yeah all the all the amateurs here that normally ride at abbotsford on thursdays and stuff weren't here so i'm just like literally there's nobody here that can come to track with me <laughs> yeah it's not a very safe thing to do to just try to ride by yourself i was about to just post an insta story like look anyone here in the greater vancouver area that can just spare two <laughs> hours to come with me to abbotsford right now oh that was so funny uh, I know, like I was thinking, I de- debated for a bit, like I've never rode alone, but I debated for a bit, I was like, if I just go and like ride lightly and do some gates, but I was like, no, like what if, what if a freak accident happens and you're just there? Like, it's just not worth it. No, it's not good. Mm-hmm. The only times I've ever done that too, or like if I'm in at North Shore and I know there's a bunch of people around, cause it's like a little bike park area. So if I know there's people around that, I'm okay with it. But if not, it's like, oh, that's a, it's not a risk you want to take. No, no, exactly. But, um... Tonight, actually, I'm going up to Whistler for a Lululemon retreat this week. Oh, yeah? What for? Uh, they're having – it's a uh, store ambassador retreat for their store ambassadors, but they're bringing along four of us, like, elite brand athlete ambassadors along as well. So it's four of us. Um, we're going to be hanging out with the store ambassadors, and 
spending, like we go up to, actually they're going up today. Yeah, we all go up today and um, we come back Thursday. Um, so it's like two hours away from here. Um, we stay up there, we do a bunch of outdoor activities. I think we do some like uh, personal growth stuff and some team stuff and it should be fun. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah. That's cool. They do stuff that's not just like uh, around just the sports. Like they take you guys away from your sport and do other activities with you. Yeah, exactly. And they want us to improve as people also. So we do a lot of like personal growth stuff and like what makes us tick and areas we can improve. And so they really care about us, which is, which is really cool. And those like um, kind of summits and stuff we do with Lululemon, like it's a really good way to network with people and you meet so many cool athletes and stuff. Like I love doing that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's awesome. It's really cool they do that. Yeah. And what, the down- they, what they should start doing is hosting a golf tournament. Oh, my God. Please host a golf tournament. <laughs> they, uh, people that want to sponsor Tori, if you're listening to this, we want a golf tournament. <laughs> Lydia Coe's a, a Lululemon ambassador now. She wears Lululemon clothes when she golfs. That's badass. Get her to start a golf tournament. <laughs> I know. The, the, Lydia, the Lydia Coe tournament. Yeah. And then just get yourself invited and bring a guest, meaning me. <laughs> <laughs> bring my own foursome. Yeah. <laughs> um, then I head to San Diego Friday, so I'll be doing some horsepower hour next week. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And down to CSAV? Yep, down to CSAV for a couple of weeks, and uh, we'll be good. Nice. I mean, you're done school soon? Yep, done today. Last exam tonight. Oh, fantastic. Had to do a bio lab final this morning. We had to identify parts on a fetal pig. Dude, it's so hard. <laughs> that just sounds hard, yeah. It's so hard. Like, this, all the shit looks the same, and I don't think I did very well on that part of it precisely. <laughs> That's classic. Yeah, not, not for me. No, I got a new uh, profound um, uh, appreciation for surgeons. Yeah? Yeah. They pretty much hack people up. That's what they do. Which I know. Which is insane. I know. Um, yeah. Oh, you got, a, you got a good rant, actually, before we get into Brooke. All right, we'll start with my rant for the day. It's related to the rant. podcast. It's, re- it's related to the podcast. So everybody listening, people know this happens, but none of our guests follow the damn rules with the quick shot questions. They're meant to be quick! Keep them quick, goddammit. <laughs> we say quick shot. What did we happen last week with Jason? He forgot we were doing a quick shot question. We had to tell him. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we started laughing during one of the questions. Not because his answer was bad. Because I could listen to Jason talk all day. And all of our guests, like, I've loved them all in, like, kind of different ways. They've all been good. But let's keep the quick shots quick, people. <laughs> we had an Come hour on. to talk about the other shit in the podcast. Let's keep the quick shots quick. <laughs> Follow the rules. <laughs> so I think we can get Brooke to do quick. Yeah, we'll make sure. We'll get her to go quick. We'll get her to go quick and we'll just we'll, we'll repeat it like twice. We'll let her know. She's got, you know, 30 seconds to answer these things. Whoa, whoa. That's that's way too long. I don't think. Yeah, maybe. It's but meant, I mean, means, let's be real. They've been going like two minutes. But so it's far. meant to be like five to ten seconds. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's quick. Because we're start, we're getting a lot of questions from fans now, which is awesome, and we want to keep being able to have them all in, or at least the vast majority of them in. But we're gonna have to cut back a little if you know if people don't follow the directions. <laughs> <laughs> so follow the rules, and you'll get your question asked. <laughs> what are you most looking forward to talking about Brooke with? Um, what am I most sorry? You know what? Actually, a kind of a random one that I put in that I've been interested about is her joining Haro back in the day. She was kind of the young gun on the team, and her teammates were Nick and Kaylin Young. And to have those two as older teammates and you're kind of the newbie to the team, I feel like that would be super intimidating. So I'm just curious to ask about that, actually. I mean, they're both pretty low-key guys. Like, I mean, yeah, no, they're pretty <laughs> just don't party. They just chill, right? So Pretty low-key guys, yeah. I'm sure they had no fun on that team, though. No, never. They, I don't think they ever had fun. No, I'm sure they didn't joke business. around. I'm sure they had no fun on that team. Yeah, strictly business. All right, what about you? What are you interested in hearing? 
I actually want to hear her story about coming out. Yeah. Like it's obviously Got a me. personal personal thing, but um, mm-hmm. I yeah I'd I'd like to hear I'd like to hear about yeah. it. Yeah. Well, shall we get her on the show and get her talking? Let's get her on. All right, James, you want to intro our guest? No, because you always tell me to do this, and I always fuck it up. Just say, just intro her. So. All right, the two-time Olympian, the insane one, Brooke Crane. <laughs> <laughs> that was like really anticlimactic, bro. Yeah, that's why I don't do them. I almost thought you forgot my name. Yeah, I know. You forget our guest name or what? (laughs) Yeah, pretty much every time, yeah. Oh, James, should we tell the funny James Brooks story from Chula in 2013? I forgot about that. I put that behind me many years ago, Jerry. (laughs) Should we bring bring it up or should we just leave it in 2013? That's up to you. I don't care. It's up to you. Should we leave it in 2013 or do we resurface it here in 2019? Resurface it. Why not? Yeah, resurfaced. Okay, so it all started back in 2013. <laughs> Wait, what? Okay, go, go. Sorry, tell. It, it all started back in 2013. James, we'll go with James had had a bit of a crush on Brooklyn, and so we're leaving the we're at the Tula World Cup in 2013. We're leaving the track, and we're ahead of. We look behind us. The whole team's in the van, and Brooks behind us in the car. And so we're leaving the training center. We stop at the stop sign in the training center, and all of us in the car are like. James, James, go, just go and say hi to her. Just go and say hi to her. And he's in the, he's in the back seat and he's like, no, guys, seriously, seriously, just drive. Just drive. We're like, no, James, we're not moving. Adam puts the car in park and he's like, James, we're not moving until you get out and talk to Brooke. No, seriously, guys, seriously, just go. <laughs> What's uh, funny no, is like, James, right. James, James looked like a little kid for so many years. And then one year I randomly saw him and he like fully looked like a grown man. Like, who is that guy? <laughs> He went, he, we went from like little kid to just having a beard all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, when I was in grade 12, I didn't hit puberty until like two years after. So the whole time I was in high school, I was always that small little kid. I still feel like that now. Yeah, but yeah. you got facial hair. Like I can't grow anything. Why, why do you think I keep a beard all the time now? It makes myself look older. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. Yeah. All right, Brooke. So how's it going? Where are you right now? Are you in Visalia? I just got home, yeah. Um, I actually picked up Rachel from LAX last night. She landed at, well, she was supposed to land at 11, and I got to the airport, and her flight said it will now arrive at 12.45 a.m., so I was not really stoked, and then we had a three-and-a-half-hour drive home, got home about 4 a.m., um, so, yeah, home, just hanging out now. Oh, Bay came back. How long had it been? I hadn't seen her since January. Damn, long January. time. Yeah. And it wasn't supposed to be that long, so it, it you know, it felt a lot longer than it actually was. No kidding, yeah. What was she doing back in Oz? Well, she had to go back um, to get her athlete visa sorted, and basically, long story short, we applied for the athlete visa, and um, the day before, because we were both going to Australia um, around the same time, and the day before we left... We got an email um, from the immigration saying that her visa wasn't approved, but it wasn't denied. Um, she just needed to provide more evidence, and she basically needed this, 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 and this. And so they take two months to review it the first time. So we had to resubmit more evidence, and they didn't tell us how long it could take the second time to review. They just said that they have up to two months to review it. So it ended up taking them about a month, and then... Um, she it got approved and then to get the stamp for her passport it took a month just to get into get an appointment to go into that office to get the stamp for her passport Jeez, so red, red tape just, everywhere 
Yeah, man, it was a it was a mission, but she's good here now for three years, so we won't have to worry about that anymore. Now you can really lock her down. Yeah. <laughs> so did I see you crash broke recently? I think I saw that online. What happened? Yeah, uh, I pretty much died like two days ago. <laughs> um, I I went down to Chula on um, Wednesday night, and I was going to ride Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Um, get rage Sunday, come home and then, you know, chill out before I leave for Manchester on, um, Easter Sunday. And I did my normal warm up. Um, I had eight first straights on Friday morning. And so I did my warm up around the track and, um, went up to the hill and, uh, did, it was, it was my first gate, but I mean, I, I was going and, um, you know, went across the first jump good and got on the pedals and, man, I don't know what happened. Like I have a video of it. Um, but like going up the lip, my body positioning, everything is good. And I just get stuck halfway up the lip and I've, there was no coming out of it. And I mean, you guys know how far the landing is down from the second jump in Beijing. Yeah. And yeah, I fell straight. I, I don't even really know how I fell because I literally have a mark on every limb of my body, like front, back, <laughs> elbows, shoulders, knees, everything's marked up. Um, but you know, I got up and Tyler Brown had ran down to me and, um, I was kind of in the fetal position on the ground, just trying to catch my breath. And, um, it really just wasn't, it was, yeah, it wasn't easing up. And, um, I, I walked off, basically I got to the white line on the track was as far as I could get before I thought I was going to throw up. And I hit my head a little bit, um, just because I, I had, um, small signs of concussion, like my, my head hurt. Um, I remembered everything, but the nauseous, like I felt like I was going to throw up. Um, and I was sitting there and I just, the best way to describe it, like it felt like somebody was stabbing me, like in my heart is where it hurt. And it just was not easing up. So Tyler ended up calling sports med down and sports med came down and, um, they started taking my vitals. Well, my vitals were like dropping significantly, like every two minutes they kept dropping. Um, which is when, yeah, which is when Hannah decided to call an ambulance, um, just because that's never good. Um, and yeah, they rushed me to the ER, did a bunch of tests. I had a CT scan from my head all the way down to my toes, um, and came back and we all kind of thought even sports med thought it was going to be my spleen. Cause that was kind of the, the signs that I was having was, um, you know, just, that I was bleeding internally, and yeah. fortunately I wasn't. I had a pretty bad contusion to my lung, um, which is why I had to stay overnight in the hospital just so they could monitor that and make sure it didn't collapse on me. And I broke a rib. So, you know, for the most part, I was pretty lucky. Well, like generally speaking, to come out of that with just that, I should say, is pretty good, actually. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I Like, that's what I meant, you know, by being pretty fortunate it wasn't worse. No kidding. Wow. So... When you think, like, are you had some days off now after? Yeah, uh, Manchester's pretty out of the question, um, which I'm I'm heartbroken about because, you know, Supercross isn't my favorite, but Manchester is actually one of my favorite races all year long. Um, I always do really well there, and I just like the indoor, not having to deal with weather, and um, so I'm pretty bummed about that. Where I broke my rib, it's like getting a gate is going to be extremely tough. Um, and it's a clean break all the way through. So any sort of impact to it, it won't be good. Um, yeah, so just 
basically waiting around and to get better. I'm waiting on Sportsman actually today. They're supposed to be review the x-rays and kind of give me a time frame of what they're thinking. Yeah, broken ribs suck. I've broken a bunch and it just feels like someone's stabbing you every time you take a deep breath. Yeah, it sucks. Laying down sucks, sitting up sucks, sneezing. <laughs> Sneezing's the yeah. worst. You like feel it coming, you're like, oh no, oh no, yeah. oh no. <laughs> I did that today. Oh, it's brutal. Um, well, we're glad you're okay, like generally speaking. So, I mean, if you miss, you know, Manchester, it sucks, but um, if you heal up, that's the main thing. So, uh, yeah. looking forward, looking forward to this year now. Like, um, what's your, what's going to be your main focus, kind of this year? Um, there's a lot of personal goals that I need to, I need to try to achieve for myself. Um, not necessarily results wise, but just a lot of mental stuff. Um. But really, yeah, to just trying to stay healthy, I would like to race as many Supercross races that I can and start um, not having the fear of them like I, I have developed over the couple, last couple of years. Um, and, man, quit getting second for starters. That, I'm so over it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Um, it's, probably, it's probably crazy for people to hear, like, someone as accomplished as yourself has some fear of Supercross when you've done so well on it. Like... What are you doing to help overcome that? Have you been working with a sports psychologist or just kind of writing or, or what's your um, yeah. approach to it? I mean, mainly just just riding and just feeling comfortable on my bike. Um, it's just, it's really hard, you know, the older you get. And I've had a lot of really tough crashes in Supercross. And, you know, your mind always wants to go to the negative side of things. And I always want to blame the hill. But, like, in reality, I've never actually crashed down the hill, knock on wood. But... You know, I, I'm always quick to to say it's Supercross when you know I've bad crashes I've had. It's it's typically on the second straight of Supercross track, or you know, it's not yeah, yeah. not necessarily down the hill. Um, so I, there's a lot mentally that I just need to focus on, and you know, it, it's harder the older that you get. It the more you're like, man, why why am I doing this? You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't just get out there and send it like when we were teenagers. Yeah, when I was 15, I used to not be scared of anything. Now I get out there and I'm like, the wind is blowing one mile an hour to the north. I, I think I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I give a lot of credit to the women out there because, to be honest, I see a lot more crashes on the Supergrass Hill when it comes to them, when it comes to you girls, and the amount of times you guys get back up and just get right back into it is so impressive. Oh, I was I so impressed with the junior women's class in, um, in Rock Hill. I swear some of those girls crashed like six times that weekend. And, like, they just see him on the next round. They would be right back up on the hill. It's pretty just, impressive. It's insane. Just dust them yeah. off and send them off back. Yeah. <laughs> so. So, someone like yourself, Brooke, like you said, um, I mean, you've been in the sport for a while. You've accomplished a lot in the sport, like, a lot of good results. Um, other than your personal goals you have, is there anything that you're still wanting to accomplish uh, result-wise? Yeah, I would like to... My, my main goal is I, I would like to win a Supercross race. Um, I think it would do more for me mentally than anything ever could. It's, it's super deflating. You know, like I've always, my entire life, I've never really been one to win. I've always been in the top three, typically. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's just really, that's something inside me that I just, I want to go for. And I just, I need that in my career, you know, to say that I did that. 
I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, f- I feel like we've had some similar results at World Cups. Like, we've both been in a lot of mains and been in a lot of podiums, but um, yeah. that's something that, like, that's one box that, above anything, like, I'd honestly rather win a World Cup at this point than get, like, an Olympic bronze medal just to know that I could have won a World Cup. Right. <laughs> yeah. But um, what do you think, like, obviously you have the skill and the and the ability and everything to win a World Cup. What do you think you can do to win one? Like, what do you think you're missing or what do you think you can improve on or anything like that? Uh, I think a lot of it, I think 90% of it is mental. Um, you know, you know how our sport is. Yep. If really the person who's got the strongest head in the gate is likely to win, you know? And, and then when you have that confidence, like when you start winning races and you start winning World Cups, it, it's just a whole new level of confidence that it gives you. Um, you know, actually believing that you can do it because you've done it before. Um, so I just think that one thing that I've realized over the years is you don't necessarily have to be the fastest in the gate to win. Um, you know, and for so many years, I believed that, oh, you know, I'm not going the fastest today. I'm not going to win. But it's like, it's crazy sometimes the people that win that, you know, half the time you didn't even think they were going to make the final. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's something that I've learned over the years and, you know, it's just, you just need that, that one good lap. Do you have any, do you have any World Cups, like, looking back that you feel like you could have won? Mm. No. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm being honest, no. Um, I don't, I think, I don't know that I've even gotten second at a World Cup. I think I've only gotten third. Oh, really? Gotten, yeah, I think I've gotten Oh, maybe I got second in Manchester one year. I know I've gotten third four times, I believe. Yeah. Podiums, <laughs> podiums are awesome at World Cups. Um, they do. But they like, do feel good. They do feel good. Like, a lot of times it feels like a win, but then it's like, once you have a bunch of them, it's like, okay, these are great, but I'll, I just want to get on top of the box. And like, and, <laughs> right. But, it, like, at the same time, like, you can, you can be not pulling and race really well and get like a third or a second but generally speaking you have to have the full package to win it's a lot harder to get obviously to win than even get a third right for sure yeah I agree. yeah what do you think james i mean i don't have any uh, world cup podiums yet so uh, maybe once i get there i'll let you know <laughs> <laughs> um go for it you want to go to the next topic james yeah, we, uh, Brooke, so next one, we want to kind of just talk to you about your Olympic experiences. So I guess in London, you were very young compared to Rio. You had a little more experience. Uh, just talk yeah. about the differences between the two. You, you cut out when you asked that last question. Sorry. Wait, James, James, are you eating like a granola bar or something? No, it's my bad Wi-Fi What's, in this hotel. I hear like a not. crackling on your end. I feel like you're opening a Nature Valley bar or something. <laughs> no, I swear to God, I, can, I can't even hear you guys half the time right now. <laughs> if people could only see the jankiness of this setup right now, they'd be in shock that we're even having a conversation. <laughs> oh, it's insane. Okay, but I'll start again. Anyways, Brooke, I was trying to just ask you about your Olympic experiences, kind of talk the differences between uh, London in 2012 and then Rio 2016 for you. Yeah, um, London was a blur. You know, it, it's funny looking back on London. It's like I do not remember a lot of it. Like I just, you know, Jamie Staff, he wasn't um, – our director, our program director at the time, um, but he was there in London and he told me, you know, around Rio, he's like, well, I remember seeing you in London and you were like a deer in the headlights. And I, was like, <laughs> I, I felt like that, you know, you see all these people that, you know, you've seen on TV and that whole process for me was, I mean, I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready to be there. Um, 
you know, obviously Ariel, I'd, I was announced as an alternate, um, and Ariel had crashed the day before we were leaving. Oh, boy. Um, and she lacerated her liver. And so they had told me that I was going to compete. And I had broken my shoulder at the World Champs that year. So I wasn't even really riding. Um, I was just kind of rehabbing. And, you know, nobody thought that I was going to actually go and race. We just thought I was going for the experience. Um, so that was that was pretty crazy. They uh, they told me I was going and I was going to race. And I remember I called my mom and I was just bawling my eyes out. And I'm like, I don't want to do this. And she's like, if you don't go, the next person in line will. And I just emotionally, physically, mentally, like I was not ready. I was not prepared for it. Um, you know, one thing that I tell some people is like the directors at the time, they aren't there anymore, but they had me go into Ariel's room and uh, take out her her race clothes that she had already packed in her bag to go. And oh I had to gosh. take those to London and I had to get them altered in London to fit me. Um, oh, oh boy. Yeah, it was, it was pretty crazy. But, um, you know, fast forward four years, I, I really, after, after London, my focus was I always wanted to feel like, I never felt like I belonged in London. Like I never felt like I earned that spot. Um, just because, you know, I was the alternate and got called up last minute and based on, you know, my teammates injury and that's not how anybody wants to go. Um, so the next four years I was really just focused on, I wanted to feel like I earned my spot on the Olympic team. Um, when I was crazy, I broke my leg in Holland right before the world's, uh, 26, the year 2016. So I couldn't race the world's. Um, so I just had to sit at home and watch and, for the US for USA cycling the way it works is if you podium um at the automatic spot on the team so i was like basically sitting at home like praying that no US women podium <laughs> which is like terrible to root against your teammates you know and Elise podiumed but she was already leading the points so she had an automatic selection and then the next pick went to the coaches committee where they like go over your scores basically for the last 2 years and see who they think would be a better fit um so yeah I ended up, they they pick I was the coach's pick that year and going into Rio that whole race day I that was one of the best races I've ever had like mentally I was happy I was enjoying my time there like you know everything that you can hope for on race day sorry my side my dad's a canine officer now, and his canine dog is going crazy in the backyard. Oh, really? Yeah. Is your dad Sorry. a cop? He's a correctional officer. Oh, okay. What kind of yeah. dog is it? He's um German Shepherd. He is a German Shepherd, yeah. I knew it. <laughs> yeah. Just, so, like, the, just yeah. like the movies. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so, yeah, in, in Rio, you know, that whole day – everything about that day went well for me. You know, I, it was, I was riding good, you know, I was enjoying it, like I said, and, um, you know, obviously to get fourth, that stings a little at the Olympics. Um, a lot of people like, you know, I, you know, tell family and friends, like that almost feels like the worst place that you can get at the Olympics because it's like, it's not in the grand scheme of things, but when you're in that moment, like you're so close, but yet so far away to a medal and, you know, it's, but I, I, I'm, I had a really good experience in Rio all around. Yeah, I mean, I can definitely relate because I know when I went to London, um, 
I was coming off a big injury and didn't feel ready either. And I, I don't even remember much. It was all just like a blur, honestly. Like I didn't even, and I think I was, I was just kind of there to race. Like I didn't take in the whole experience, but I enjoyed Rio so much more just because um, by that point, like we'd already been through an Olympics and everything. And I just took it all in and then just went out and raced and enjoyed it. Right. And that's, you know, one thing, like I tell people is nobody can prepare you for the Olympics. Like it's something that you have to experience yourself to actually, you know, feel prepared for because like you can, you know, people can prep you all they want, but you get there and you're still like, you're just in awe. Like it's just the greatest thing ever, in my opinion, you know, and you see people that you see on, on TV, you know, famous athletes for whatever sport that you enjoy watching and you know they're there they're eating the same food as you and you know it's just it's a really cool experience all around one of the worst memories i have from rio was right after the mains me nick and brooke got fourth fourth and fifth and we're in anti-doping and they're playing the medal ceremony on tv (laughs) oh Oh, it's so savage like turn the damn tv off (laughs) (laughs) do we need to watch this oh my god poor guy what oh my god I said, especially for Nick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Nick. <laughs> um, so, yeah, besides the Olympics, like, obviously you've been part of Harl for a long time now. Um, so what was it like joining the team now with Nick and Kalen kind of at a – obviously you were pretty young when you joined Harl, right? Yeah, I was 17. I think my parents were more worried than anybody. <laughs> yeah, so what was it what was it like joining with Nick and Kaylin, who are obviously older than you as well, and, and the, the special personalities that they have? <laughs> yeah, I, Kaylin's a funny guy, man. I, I, I think I – can I share, like, real stories on here? Is uh, that cool? We're unfiltered. <laughs> okay, the first time I ever met Kaylin, I was uh, – I'm maybe 16, and I had walked into the Red Line Pits. It was in, um, it was when we had that Disney Cup, that one that was indoor. Yeah. But, like, the pits were outdoor. Yeah. And um, I walked in. I had no idea who this dude was. And he, like, somebody introduced me, like, oh, Brooke, this is Kaylin, Kaylin, this is Brooke. And he, and he looked at me, and he goes, you got a bush? <laughs> I was like. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> that was the first thing he ever said to me. Um. But, yeah, you know, going, getting picked up by Harl was obviously <laughs> a dream come true for me. Like, I always wanted to ride for that team. Um, and just being the only girl on the team I thought was awesome. And, you know, DB, DB had picked me up. And even, you know, DB, Nick, and Kaylin, you know, there was people were constantly saying it's like putting an angel in hell and all this stuff. But it, they ended up just being like three older bo- brothers for me, you know, and I had a lot of good times with them and they always looked out for me and you know I'm still really good friends with Nick and DB and I don't really talk to Kalen that much but I always love the dude he's a good guy oh we need to get Kalen on a podcast James <laughs> yeah you should about? I heard they were pretty dull they never partied they were just strictly business <laughs> do what I heard they were just strictly business no fun no partying yeah yeah obviously they have no fun at all yeah, Kalen was probably in bed by nine, foam roll, stretch, protein shake. Yeah. It's cool, Sober though. the whole time. It's cool, though, like, being a part of a brand for as long as you have. Like, when people think of Haro, they think of you and Nick instantly now, I think. Yeah, and that's, that's to me, is you know, what it's all about. Is I, I've always hoped that I can retire having been with Haro for however many years, you know. Like, when I – my I have a contract through 2020 with them, um, but – 
that year it'll be 10 years with them wow yeah you don't see that you don't see that that often someone with a brand that long yeah congratulations that's awesome thank you so kind of moving away from the bmx side of things here brooke um obviously a big thing for you and rach now was uh coming out and saying that you guys are well engaged now so we want yep. kind of wanted to get into that a little bit talk about that just for a bit here and basically start out with how did you guys meet and i guess kind of how long have you guys actually been together um we met in berlin germany what year was that race 14 14 14 yeah, yeah. um <laughs> it's funny now is i had i don't do you remember in the the most of the guys on the american team had the flu that week yeah yeah, I was one of those people. <laughs> and so I was so messed up that weekend. And the, the after party ended up being um, at oh, yeah. the hotel that we were staying at. Yep. And, um, yeah, I met Rach that night there. And, you know, I was – I had been drinking, but I was pretty flirtatious. And, you know, in her mind, she's like, why is Brooke Crane hitting on me? Like, there's no way she's gay. <laughs> And in my mind, I'm like, what is wrong with you? Like, I'm clearly making this obvious. And, you know, she she basically shunned me off for, I don't know, a couple months after that. And, um, you know, we randomly started messaging. And, you know, it, it's funny is I was so hidden with who I was for, you know, my whole life. And for whatever reason, like, I didn't know Rachel, but I knew that I could trust her. And when we started texting, I had told her, everything about myself that first day and like looking back now that's huge for me because you know she could have told anybody that she wanted in the fort you know and she didn't and she you know I I obviously trusted her from day one and so it's been um almost five years wow so like did you <clears throat> did you always know you were gay or like um I, excuse I first, excuse my ignorance. No, it's okay. <laughs> You're some sort of gay. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, when I was 13, I remember laying in bed one night thinking that there was something wrong with me. Um, and I, I couldn't figure out what, you know, I had nobody that I could relate to and nobody that I felt like I could talk to about it. Um, and I just kind of, I hid it for many years and how I felt. Um, and I just always thought that there was something wrong with me. And then when I was 16, I, um, had gotten my first girlfriend and shortly after that, my parents had found out, um, and it did not go over well at all. And, you know, from that moment forward, I always felt like, okay, this is just something that it's who I am, but I have to hide it forever. Like I, I'll never be able to be myself because, like, I'm I'm super close with my family, and I felt like if my family can't understand this and accept this, then, like, who in the world will, you know? And, and especially when I started, you know, doing well in DMX and, you know, started becoming an idol, it was like I can't – I've always felt like I could never be myself in the sport, and <clears> – <throat> And if I was going to be myself, I would, I would have to be done with BMX. I would have to be done with my family and like, just basically live this separate life with everybody that I, you know, I never knew before. Like, and that's how I felt. And for so many years, I felt that, you know, um, it's so hard to describe. It's just like, I just never felt like I could actually breathe being myself. Like I was constantly living a lie and everything I told was just a lie. And it, after years and years of doing that, it, it's like, how do you go back and, you know, 
tell these friends of yours that you've been lying to over the past 10 years that the last 10 years of us staying in a hotel room and me telling, you know, secrets about guys or whatever, it's it's just all been a cover up, you know? And so for so many years, it, it really killed me. And it got to the point where, you know, I, I thought, I mean, this is dark, but I thought like, I would rather just not be here than have to face this truth of being who I am. And I was always under the impression that I was going to lose everybody. And after, um, I was training for 2016 and I, at this point, really Rach knew, um, and maybe like two or three friends, close friends knew, and that was it. Um, and I was training for 2016 and, and you know, training for the Olympics, it's, it's, it's so much pressure in itself. Um, and then trying to add like hiding who you are and who you're dating and basically your entire life on top of that I had loaded the gate um on the Rio track and I just started crying randomly in the gate like just burst into tears got off the gate and I went and sat in my car and Tony my coach came in and he's like what in the hell is going on with you and I just before I could think about it I just blurted out the words and I'm like I'm gay (laughs) he's like and I'm like what do you mean and and he's like I know and I don't care like who you love does not matter to me And that was the first time I had ever felt accepted. Like here was somebody that like, you know, he's a godly person and, you know, he, he's a Christian and, and it didn't matter to him. Like I did not, who I was did not change for him. I, I was just Brooke and, and he knew for so many years, you know, he was just waiting for me to tell him. And, um, so he made me tell my sports psych at the time, which was Jay Rich and, you know, same with Jay Rich. I mean, they, he just was accepting and it, it helped me so much just to have people to talk to about it and to know that, you know, there was nothing wrong with me. I'm just who I am. And, um, it, you know, it's not something I could change. Like as a little kid, you know, little kid, I refer to, you know, 13, 14 years old. I was, um, I would pray every night that God would fix me, that there was something wrong with me. And if he would fix me, And it's like, I was made to be who I am. And I realize that now. And, you know, part of me coming out was so that I felt like our sport needed somebody that these kids can look up to and know that there's nothing wrong with them. So they don't have to live the fear that I lived for so many years, just feeling like, you know, that everybody's going to look at you differently and, you know, you're going to hell and all this stuff. And it, I firmly believe like you're a good person. You treat people good and you know, you do the right thing and who you love doesn't matter. You know, love is love. And you know, that's, that's really all I can say about it. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My, wow. That's quite a story. My heart breaks for you that for all those years you're in pain like that. And I'm so, I'm so proud of you, honestly, that you're to the point where you are now and you're such a good role model. Thank you. I appreciate it. And, you know, honestly, when (laughs) when I when Rachel and I got engaged, so I had I had flown to Australia and asked her family and my family knew. And um, sorry, when did you you say sorry to interrupt you? When did you talk to your parents about it? Okay, yeah. Sorry. Let's backtrack. So my dad had called me right um, after Rio and he had kind of figured things out like he just was like, 
you know, obviously because they, they found out when I was younger and for many years after that, I just kind of hid who I was and, um, they would get confused. Like my mom now, she's like, I, I it's so confusing to me. Cause you'll tell me like this dude's hot or whatever. And I'm like, mom, I think they're hot. Like I, I, I love men. I think they're attractive, but the thought of sleeping with them makes me want to throw up. <laughs> <laughs> and so she's like, but for my parents, like that was a really confusing concept, you know? And, um, so my dad had called me one night and I was actually, I was in Sarasota at the race right after Rio Yeah. and he was fighting back tears and he told me that he knew I was gay and he knew Rachel and I were together and that he loved us both and all that he wanted was for me to, me to finally be happy and just be myself. And obviously that was like, yeah, all I ever wanted my whole life was my parents' acceptance and my parents to, you know, be okay with it. And I always thought that the, the day that my parents knew, I wouldn't care who else in the world found out. But that obviously wasn't the case, you know. And I, I realize that now because it took me, you know, two years after that before I told everybody else. And, you know, I told – there was some close friends that knew. And, you know, it was always easier for me to tell people that I had just met rather than friends that I had been – friends with for 20 years because the people that I just met, they, they just know me as, as me, you know, what they're seeing right there where my friends who have known me all my life, like, you know, they see a different side. They see, you know, the lies that I had, I had said to them. And so that was really hard for me um, to feel like I could tell those people. And so when I, when I had asked Rachel to marry me, um, her two best friends from Australia were here and, you know, the, everybody, it, it was all planned out with all of them. And, um, I went to Yosemite, which was, is our favorite spot in the world. It always has been. And, um, she had no idea. And it, it's funny. Like the story I tell is I was like, I wasn't nervous at all, but I started kind of freaking out on the drive there because I was eating hot Cheetos and she always, she always shares hot Cheetos with me. And I like offered her some and she's like, no, I don't want any. And I'm like, why? And she's like, cause I don't want hot Cheeto fingers. And I'm like, oh shit, she knows, she knows. And I'm like freaking out. And like, she had no idea. And if you know, Rach, like she never cries and she was bawling like a baby. And so it was, it went really well. And, you know, I was like, I still never thought that I would be able to be myself on social media and in the sport. You know, I would just be my, I had my my life here at home, you know, and my close family and friends here at home. But as far as BMX went, that was just my job. And I didn't feel like I needed to tell the world about it. Um, but then I was, I was so excited. Like I had just gotten engaged and like, anytime somebody gets engaged, like they're so excited to tell the world. And, you know, it's like, how is that fair that I feel like I can't tell people, you know, just based on a feeling that I have a fear that nobody's going to accept me. And, Rachel and my dad were in the backyard at our house and they were doing yard work and I was just in the house and I, you know, I had made all the phone calls that I needed to make to, you know, my close friends that I wanted to know rather them hear from me rather than see it on social media. Um, and I was like, you know what, screw it. I'm going to post it. And I posted it and I, I just like dropped my phone and I went outside and I was just sobbing, crying. And I didn't even have to tell them. And both of them looked at me and they're like, you posted it online, didn't you? And both Rachel and my dad gave me a hug. And I get emotional talking about it now. But 
it was just the way damn it i don't want to cry (laughs) (laughs) um the way that bmx community took it was everything that i could have dreamed about i mean i didn't get one bad reply from anybody um, you know, and I know that I, I, I know because I lost like over 2000 followers, but that's okay. You know, not everybody is going to accept it. And I understand that. And, you know, all I can do is hope that I can be this damn dog <laughs> and my tears. All I can do is hope that I can be, you know, somebody that I wish that I had growing up, you know somebody that kids can look at and know that there's nothing wrong with them. Wow. We're really proud of you, Brooke. I think it's amazing. I think it's amazing what you've done and how strong you are for doing what you've done and being true to yourself. And I know like, um, just seeing all the, uh, outpouring of support people have given you, I, I haven't seen anything bad either. And I think everyone is with me and James and just, we're really proud of you. And really, I think, Bottom line is we're all just really happy that you're happy. Yeah, thank you. And and that's that's all that I could have dreamed about. And, you know, I had – I tell people the, the thing that got me the most was I had 60 kids reach out to me to tell me thank you, that they were struggling themselves. And 10 of them told me that my post gave them the courage to tell their own parents. And, I, I mean, for weeks I was getting these messages and I was just sobbing. Like, every time I'd get a message and hear these kids' story, I was just like, this made it, regardless of, it, you know, if I felt like I was going to lose my sponsors or fans or whoever, that had made it all worth it to me. And I didn't. And I was fortunate that I didn't. You know, if anything, you know, every race that I've gone to this year, I've had, you know, two to five parents come up to me on a weekend and just half the time they're crying and like one lady she came up to me um before right before I went up the hill um in Rock Hill and she started crying and I'm like please do not cry right now (laughs) I'm gonna start crying and I need to go race but it just means a lot to me to have you know all these fears that I had built up for so many years basically then washed away just you know and having people tell me that I'm more of an inspiration now than I ever was before just for being myself yeah, and I th- and I think with posting that, like, if you can just help save one person and um, inspire someone to do the same and know that it's okay, I, I think it's completely worth it. Because I know from my experience, like, the last couple of years, um, in January on Bell, it's talk day when I've posted about, like, the struggles I've gone through with anxiety and depression and stuff and really difficult times. And um, the messages I've got from people saying they go through the same thing. And it was um, really important to them to hear like someone they've looked up to go through it as well and inspired them. I think this is, these are ways that, you know, us as athletes and people can use social media and our reach to bring positive change. Right. Yeah. No, I agree 100%. And just for people to know that, you know, it's easy when you're in that state of mind to feel like you're alone. Yeah. Um, and just to see that, you know, that your idols or whoever it is, somebody that you look up to, you know, they're going through it too. And, and that's the thing, you know, the older you get, the more you realize, like, everybody's got something. Everybody's dealing with something. And, and you know, yours might be worse or, you know, his might be worse. You know, it doesn't matter. We all have something. And I just think that, you know, we just need to try to lift each other up and, and be there for each other the most that we can. Yeah, it's so cool. The BMX family really is. It's just, it's a great group of people that really care about others, which is awesome. 
those, let's be real. Those 2,000 followers are just people that are jealous of Rachel. So, you know, to yeah, about them. those are just like 13-year-old guys that are like, oh, Brooke's hot. Why is she gay? <laughs> yeah. I get a message at least once a week that says, why are you a lesbian? <laughs> like, I don't know. It's like, why do you have fucking brown hair? <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, well, Brooke, since you came out and that's been public now for a while, what do you think has changed the most um, on the BMX scene since then for you and all that? For me, um, I just feel like I lifted a sumo wrestler off of my chest. Anytime I get to a race, like it's just, especially at a race if Rachel's there, like I just feel like I can breathe. Like before I was so like, you know, cautious of everything I'd say to her, you know, when we would talk or whatever, you know, I was think I was overthinking literally everything because I was so terrified. And, you know, now it's just like, I could just be myself and, you know, and it's just, it's the best feeling. It's the best way I can describe it is I'm just, I'm really happy now. Wow. We're very happy for you both. Um, Thank you. Me too. On a, on a broader scale, like, maybe including BMX, but in the sporting world, like from your, from your personal perspective, like do you think it's more accepting now in general for people to, to come out and be accepted and um, for it to be more than normal than it maybe was in the past? Um, yeah, I think it is. I, I definitely think that it's, it's obviously a hundred times more accepting than it has been, um, you know, over the last 20 years, but yeah, I still don't understand why it has to be a thing. I don't, I don't really understand why, you know, why I, I come out every day, you know, literally. And it's, it's not anybody means to, but, you know, I say, oh, like, um, you know, this is, I'm broke that, you know, this is, I'm say whatever I'm engaged and people are always happen in the hospital. Like, oh, what's his name? Where's he from? And every day I'd be like, oh, he's a she. Not not in that way, but, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so it, it's every day. And I, I, I just want to get to the point where, you know, we don't, we don't have to come out. You know, we're just, it's just, we're just people. And love is love. And who really gives a shit? Like, that's the thing is I don't get is like, why, why do people care? Like, I don't care who you love or who you're seeing or who you're sleeping with or you know i don't i don't give a shit like as long as you're happy and they're a good person like what does it really matter and i just want our world to get to that point like you're not like going up to somebody and being like hi i'm tori and i'm straight and i have brown hair <laughs> yeah you know yeah like it's stupid i i you agree tell Brooke, you tell i agree yeah I, it's funny like people judge it or something but it's like for one, it doesn't affect you, so why would you possibly have a problem with people being happy? And two, I think people just—I don't know—they just like like being unhappy about shit. I don't—I don't get it either. People love to say something negative all the time, and like I was reading this, you know, obviously, you know, pretty much everybody heard about the stuff that happened with Chris Luna over the weekend, and people were so quick to bash him online, and it's like, and say like, I can't believe this guy's been around our kids and all this stuff, and it's like. Okay, hold up. Like, Chris is a good dude, and he's always done really well for your kids around the track. And, like, regardless, he made a mistake. Like, let's not bash the dude while he's already down. Like, why Why is that necessary? What good does that do for you, you know? Yeah. People always looking for that negative, you know? Yeah, well, 
So, so anyway. Well, on a more positive end, Brooke, when is the wedding? <laughs> um, it is 2020, probably October time. Okay, so waiting a little so. bit. What, what kind of cake? Oh, I don't know. What's your I favorite? I really like cake. Vanilla. Yeah, what's your favorite kind? Of, you don't like cake? No, I'm more of like a brownie, cookie, donut type of gal. If I was going to the electric chair, I think I'd get red velvet cake for my dessert. Oh, red velvet cake. Oh my god, red velvet cake. Unbelievable, James. <laughs> That's the best ever. Oh my god. Or like a oh, red velvet cheesecake from Cheesecake Factory. That doesn't get much. I do out. like cheesecake. I'll say oh, that. Oh, the red velvet cheesecake. We had it in San Diego that one day like two years ago, remember, James? Yeah, yeah, I do, but we need to stop because I haven't had dinner. So you guys I enjoyed stop. every one of those like 2000 calories. <laughs> I enjoyed every single one. They're pretty good. Um, so you two, obviously you train together and race together. Do you have like a spouse rule to not cut each other off or what? Are we going to see like, if you cut each other off in training, like, fuck you, you didn't clean the dishes. I'm cutting you off. <laughs> no. Um, you know, people always ask us that question like, oh, like if, if you know, Rachel's in ahead of you in the last turn, like, are you going to push her over the turn or whatever? And it's like, I don't know. It, it depends, like. I, I've never been in that situation, but like, I don't know, maybe she's going to make more money from cycling Australia than I would from USA Cycling. So maybe she should get first and I should get second, <laughs> you know? I mean, as long as the money's coming home to the same place, we're good. Girls got to eat, got to make that money. Yeah, right? Yeah, I don't know. We've never really been in that situation. And it's funny, it's like, we hardly ever race each other. Like, we, we ride together all the time at home, but like, we will never be in the same motos. Like, it's so rare if we're ever in the same motos together. Is it fun racing each other? Um, I kind of would rather race her than watch her race because it is, like, the worst thing in the world. Like, if she goes down or if she didn't do good a lap and I'm, like, in the gate and I have to, like, you know, now I have to go and do my stuff. And it's like, okay, that's not, that's not the way that you want to get in the gate, you know, and in your mindset want to be at, but... So, yeah, I would rather race her than I would watch her race. So true. Like, you get more nervous for watching. Like, me, yeah. me and Savvy went to the track a few weeks ago, and she was riding, and then she tried jumping a tabletop, and I was nervous. I was like, oh, my God, please don't crash. <laughs> Those photos were funny of her in your gear. Oh, she's shredding, hey? She needs a, like, she either needs, like Elise said on the photo, she either needs, like, a bulking phase in the gym, or we need to turn the dryer on extra hot so the jersey fits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pants look a little saggy on her. Yeah, I don't think they look they're... like they look like what our pants used to look like in like 2008. Oh yeah, right, like the old redline pants. <laughs> the baggier, the better. Uh, James, next segment. Yeah, well, since I don't have a spouse to talk about, we'll move on to the uh, the quick shot question segment. Are you familiar with this uh, part of the show, Brooke? Not really. Explain to me. Well, none of the other guests really, you know, understood it, but we're hoping you will. <laughs> Okay, we're going to ask a bunch of questions from fans, and you just got to answer them in about five to ten seconds. So just really short, quick questions. Okay. And they're just they're just completely random, so whatever comes to mind, like a sentence or whatever, yeah. Okay. James, go for right. it. I'll start us off. From at uh, Seiya Sakakibara, what was your first reaction after watching the video of you karate kicking her in Argentina? <laughs> oh, my God. I'm so sorry, Seiya. <laughs> <laughs> That came out of nowhere. I don't know what happened. That was savage. That was incredible. <laughs> I know. At Quillen164, most memorable race outside of the Olympics? Mm, 
Manchester 2016. I had the bird flu. I had like 103 fever and I still got third. Only because Elise crashed at the finish line. I wasn't fourth, but. They don't ask how, they ask how many. Yeah, exactly. All right, from at Jai underscore Ferner 77. What does the USA team get up to the night before a Supercross race? What's the what? Say that again, sorry. What does the USA team get up to? Oh, oh, oh it depends which part of the team you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> usually, no, we usually, we all play cards a lot. Um, maybe have a glass of wine and play some cards. Bo underscore Prater. <laughs> Why don't you race your Olympic Haro citizen? Because I raced it for the Olympics and it's put away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One and done. Mm-hmm. All right, from at Tazzy underscore 38. How old were you when you first started racing BMX? Seven. Uh, James, side note, I like the way Brooke is actually listening to the quick shot instructions. You know what? It's about time someone got these quick. <laughs> <laughs> um, all our guests are going to be like, well, screw you guys. They're not going to want to come back on now. Um, at Lil underscore so fast. Ugh, I probably butchered that. What are your best tips for girls who are trying to learn to jump? Oh, um, take your clip shoes off, put some flat pedals on, and send it. <laughs> Good answer. All right, from at Jacob.Mistrick. Uh, he says, I heard from a couple local pros that you were considering moving to Austin at some point in the past. Is that true? No. I, I'm, no, I have no plans of moving to Texas. Um, I do like Austin, but... No. Austin's a nice city. I want to spend yeah. more time. I only spent like a night there, but I want to spend more time there. Yeah, it is fun. Yeah. S- side note, side note. Did you just move houses, Brooke? Did I see you got a new place or something? Or you were going to <laughs> Yeah. Um, oh, you did? Yeah, we sold our house and I am building a home currently, but I moved in with my mom and dad until it's done. It won't be done until July. Oh, nice. In Visalia? Uh, yes. Cool, cool. Right on. Congrats. Thank you. Yeah, congrats. Um, at Sebas404, do you feel particularly women racers that looks have some influence over skills when it comes to getting sponsored? Um, yes and no. Um, I feel like social media these days really has a impact on that. Um, you know, if you're willing to post a photo of your butt and... <laughs> You know, look, look cute. It's going to get, it's just the way it is. And, you know, some people are willing to do that. And, you know, they'll get sponsors over somebody who's a better bike rider, racer, what, you know, whatever the case is. Um, but I think that's in any sport. Yeah. But I think also what people don't really understand is like, it's not just about what you do in the track. Like you have to promote yourself and your brands and be interesting and all that. Oh, yeah. It, Instagram is seriously like a full-time job. It is. It seriously is, yeah. It really is. That's why our tech team is so bad. We need to get a new tech team. <laughs> All right. Uh, from at Annalise.Z. This is a double shot, so it's kind of two in one here, Brooke. Uh, okay. She said, what is your training routine, and what advice do you give to younger girls starting out in the sport that you wish you had when you were younger? Um, well, my training routine – pretty much changes every day like most people in our sport but typically in the gym um for lower body two times a week upper body and core two to three times a week and on the track as much as i can um sprints usually twice to three times a week um so yeah typically train in the morning 
lunch, um, another training session in the afternoon, um, and I take Sundays off. Um, and advice I would give to younger just to enjoy it, um, have fun, don't take it too seriously, and you know, just work work hard and and have fun. And it, you know, it could take you to places all over the world. Um, you know, all my closest friends are from all over the world. Shoot, the person I'm married is from marrying. Not, I'm not married yet. Don't put that out there. Um, <laughs> person I'm marrying is from a different country. You know, it's and that's all because of sport. At Chris Stapps, Vexa. What does it take to stay at the top long term? A lot of commitment, a sore body. <laughs> um, blown out back. Yeah, blown out yeah. back, blown out shoulders. Um, <laughs> no, I, it's it's a lot of work, but like I can't I can't really imagine doing anything else, you know. And I never thought that I would be to where I'm at you know when I first started racing I just kept chipping away and you know you you don't do good at a race and you come home and you work hard for the next race and it just the cycle just keeps going um and so yeah just taking care of yourself taking care of your body the best you can being healthy and working hard at your craft and you know who knows where it could take you uh, oh, that's me my oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> from at Nadine underscore w1 what bike would you buy if you couldn't ride a Haro anymore? Am I allowed to answer that? A beach cruiser. <laughs> yeah, beach cruiser. Tandem. At Lexi underscore Vitali, favorite track on the circuit? Mm. What, are we talking all circuit? Just all over the world? Maybe say like one USA BMX one and one World Cup one. Mm, USA BMX favorite track. I love Nashville. I think Nashville's a lot of fun. Um, and I'm going to go with Manchester. I know you guys are going to disagree, but I love Manchester. I actually, I like racing men or <laughs> like racing in Manchester. I just, the track for us the last couple of years was like death. So yeah, now I can see it for you guys being death, but for us, it's always been really good. Yeah. Except for when they had that quarter pipe going into the first turn. That was stupid. That was really sick. Yeah, <laughs> that was really sick. <laughs> Uh, from at Emma.Ryan.3, how do you get over your fears? How do I get over what? My fears? Your fears, yeah. I don't know. Can somebody tell me that? I'm still working on it. At <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kaylee Rose Tyler, it's another double shot question. Did you have any hobbies before BMX and what made you want to continue racing BMX? These are all the little girls from my local track, by the way. Oh, <laughs> I recognize really? their Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yes, I loved basketball. Basketball was my favorite. Um, I did track and field as well. And wakeboarding, snowboarding. I mean, I still, those are still my favorites. Um, but I just was always the best at BMX. And I always, I think, loved BMX the most. So that's just kind of what kept me drawn to it. Right on. Uh, from and, I'm, and I'm 5'4". I was not 5'4 uh, and really wide. I was not going to make it anywhere in basketball. <laughs> <laughs> or in track and field for that. Oh, now we're supposed to go. All right, from Viral BMX Racing. Uh, what's your best world championships you've ever been to, not based on results, but experience? Ooh. Um, I liked Australia. I think that was really cool. Um, and I think Baku was really rad. Baku was cool, I thought. Yeah, I was a fan of Baku. 
At Sunsets Over Cemetery. That's a pretty savage Instagram name. <laughs> oh, side note, I had I had this one guy who follows me and likes my stuff, and his Instagram handle is Osama bin Swaggin. <laughs> I have I have somebody whose Instagram name is Blown Taint, I was and just, I laugh every time I see it. I was just gonna say I have I have that same guy, Blown Taint. That's another good one. <laughs> Unbelievable, like. Like if you're a, like, just think of yourself as a father having kids, and your kids are gonna follow their father, and his Instagram is blown taint. <laughs> Unbelievable. Anyway, what is the first thing you do when you get to a new track? Uh, I sit on it and I look around. If you guys ever see me in practice, I'm constantly sitting on the track, looking around, just watching shit. <laughs> yep. Just maybe I'm lazy, maybe I'm strategizing. CJ underscore, I don't know how to say that. Colossal Colo cycling. Style cycling. Colossal. Colossal, how did I not read that? Colossal. Anyways, Colossal. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bro. Uh, when will you stop racing and pursue another passion? Um, that's a tough question. That's, um, I, I don't know. I If I can still, you know, do this and and survive off it, I would love to to continue racing i will say um after the 2020 olympics my ass will never walk up a supercross hill again uh that will be the end for that um but i would love to continue to rate the usab max stuff for you know a while and eventually i would like to i'm i recently just started getting into public speaking and i really enjoy that um and obviously i have a good mentor with my coach being who he is in the public speaking world um and i would like to do that and you know move on, have a family, and I don't know, we'll see. Um, Esteban Heno. James, your cursor's in the way. I can't fucking read the question. <laughs> Esteban underscore Heno. What is something that everyone... Okay, are you hitting your keyboard? Or what are you doing over there? <laughs> no, you're making me laugh, and I'm wearing headphones. So okay, I hear there. a crackling and shit. Okay, <laughs> just calm down over there. <laughs> Esteban underscore Hano. What is something that everyone looks stupid doing besides podcasting? <laughs> um, all you guys that wear your your low cut socks, you all look stupid. Are you biting your tongue? No shows are the way to go. <laughs> no, I like pray for your guys' ankles every time you're on the hill. I'm like, oh my god, that's gonna hurt so bad. You okay, wearing them, wearing them while riding. Yes, that's dumb. You got to go high socks, but casual. I like no shows. No, 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 no. no I, I mean riding. Obviously oh. not casual. Okay, I agree. I agree. Yeah, riding and no shows is dumb. Nick, we're calling you out. Yeah, I call him out every time I see him with those. Yeah, I agree. All right, last one. I realized this one wasn't in there, but I'm pretty sure I saw somebody say it. I'm going to say it anyways. All right, Olympic semifinal, okay? You're in fifth, Brooke. Rachel's in fourth. She leaves the door open going to the last turn. What do you do? You just call. Hello? Hello, the entire. Or are you guys okay, Tori's going to have to take this question then because my Wi-Fi is bad. Okay, one sec. We need to stop. James, we're reaching our limits. We need to stop this. Okay, one sec, one sec. All right, All right let's try this question again here. Alright, so Olympic semifinal, you're in fifth place, Rachel's in fourth, she leaves the door open into the last turn. Do you put her over the turn? Yeah, hell yeah. See ya. <laughs> yeah, of course you're gonna send it. 
That's what I like to hear. And then just maybe, I don't even know if you say sorry, just like, look, it's for the Olympic final. What do you want me to do? I just got to pay for everything that next year. I mean, yeah, but that's fair enough. I would do the same thing. I don't, we've never been in that situation. People always ask that question and it's like, I, I don't know. I've never been in that situation. I'm waiting for it. I'm waiting for it to happen. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure most people are. Oh, that'd be exciting. Well, Brooke, thanks for coming on. That's, that's all we had. I, we really enjoyed, we really enjoyed listening to your story. It was really fascinating and inspiring and thanks for having the courage and to tell it. And we're really proud of you. And, um, yeah, we, we loved hearing about us. Thanks a lot for coming on. Yeah, thanks for guys, you guys for having me. I enjoy it. Keep doing what you're doing. Thanks, girl. Good luck this year. Hey, thanks, are, hey quick question. When are you uh, planning on coming back? How's your head going? It's going good. So I've been back riding with the team and stuff now. Um, I'm not really having concussion symptoms anymore. Like uh, I went through like um, my rehab and everything with a specialist I was seeing. Um, so like I said, I'm back riding with the team and just trying to build up a capacity really. Like I'm not quite at full speed yet and I still get like tired pretty quick with doing stuff and i feel like after doing like six or so gates like i have to take longer breaks between i feel like it's hard to explain like i feel really stimulated and the next day like my head kind of feels sore as in like um best way to describe it is like for instance if you broke a bone like say you broke your ankle and it's healed then you start training again and you're doing like light weights and it's just kind of sore the next day so you need to take time to recover that's kind of where i'm at so i'm just going to keep progressing and kind of see but um yeah probably in the summer i would say yeah yeah that's frustrating but at least you're taking care of it i know like honestly when it first happened i was thinking like oh a couple weeks i'll be fine i wouldn't have dreamed it would be this long yeah i mean i remember it when you did it because you had texted me because i went to the hospital too yeah (laughs) (laughs) i gotta love bmx imagine that (laughs) i know (laughs) all right you guys take care thanks for having me yeah thanks girl take care thanks bro Brooke Crane, James. Brooke Crane, everybody. That was an incredible story. Holy shit. I was like captivated listening. I, I like obviously I just kind of stopped talking there for a while. and I was just kind of like in awe for a while just hearing her story and hearing the struggles she went through. But to overcome those, I was just like, wow, that's she's tough. Yeah. What? Yeah. Like I didn't even know what to say after the first part. I was like, just like, wow. Like straight up. <laughs> like, wow. I, I heart breaks for her thing about all those years she was in pain, you know, like knowing what kind of or probably didn't know what was going on but kind of knew and was just confused and didn't know didn't feel like she had anyone and like wow yeah heart yeah. breaks for her. she went through that mm-hmm. the amount of weight that's probably lifted off her shoulders now since then is must be incredible like it, her world must be completely flipped upside down in a good way now yeah like i'm so happy she's happy and she doesn't have to go through that anymore and she could live happily with her soon-to-be wife good for them both mm-hmm. yeah it's very cool that's pretty amazing. And we didn't really find out if, I guess it's pretty obvious, but if Rachel's moving to America. But I'm guessing she is if she got a visa. Yeah, I think that's kind of self-explanatory. <laughs> yeah, I'm guessing it was. <laughs> what did you like hearing about Brooke? Uh, honestly, just like, I guess not what I liked hearing, but what I was most shocked about hearing was all the time it took for her to deal with those issues, like how many years it took. It wasn't just something that was like, okay, these past two years have been tough. It was like... It really was since she was a kid all the way to now. It's like her whole life. Yeah. And that, I can't imagine going through something like that. So, yeah, that was pretty eye-opening for me. I know. Yeah. I, you just think, like, how many people are – there's got to be so many people that are probably going through something similar. 
Mm-hmm. And I think our world is doing better in the sense that people are able to open up more about different things nowadays, but obviously there's still a struggle with things like that. So. Yeah, because there's still idiots out there that are like, oh, you're gay. <laughs> you know, like, dude, like, how old are you? Like, so all those, what the year are we that All the guys or even girls just have a crush on her or like, are just jealous of Rachel and stuff like that. That's what I think in my head. I know, I know. Yeah. Like, and it's so weird because... Like, I'm a very, like, live and let live person. And if people are gay, like, absolutely be gay. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. I don't, I've never understood why people have an issue with it. Like, it has nothing to do with you. No, it does not affect you one bit. (laughs) What could you possibly have against two people being happy together? Exactly. Two guys, guy and a girl, two girls. Like, who cares? You do you and we'll do us. You know what? Just do your, stay in your own lane. (laughs) Think about how unhappy someone must be to... Bring, try and bring those people down or like be against that. I don't know. Yeah, honestly, the only thing you can think of is they're hating their life, so they're trying to make everybody else hate their life too. And it's like, no, don't do that. Right? Bring somebody else up and you'll bring yourself up with you. Right? right? Yeah. Yeah, I know. Well, that was a good podcast. Wow. I, in honesty, like I, I really loved hearing your story. Mm-hmm. No, it was really interesting. It really was. Yeah. So. And I can definitely relate. Like she's been on the World Cup podium a lot, but she wants to win. I know how that feels. Yeah, I can I mean, imagine so. Yeah. yeah. It's um, a big step to take by the sounds of it, too. It is. Like like I said, like you can get second or third by racing really well and everything, but you're not going to win unless you have the full package. No. No, you're really not. More, eh? more often than not, there might be an exception here and there, but generally speaking, you get, you're not going to win without the full package. No, because if you're not the full package, you're not going to put yourself in as many opportunities to be successful like that. Yeah, exactly. So. Exactly. You can only scramble yeah. for so long. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You'll only be like Phil Mickelson and scramble all over the track and golf course for so long. <laughs> um, gotta be like Tiger, bro. You gotta have the full package. Gotta nail it right down the fairway onto the green, two putt par. Beautiful. <laughs> or you can be like old Phil Mickelson, just hit a bomb way left into the pine straw, cut one around the trees, hit one over the water, and then just scramble a fifteen footer for par. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, last time I sw- I swear I watched him hit one into the off like off the tee into the woods the only way to get to the tee was hit back across into the other woods and then he punched one out of those woods and rolled it onto the green i was just laughing and then he'll just like all recovery and then he'll just scramble like a 15 foot putt for par and then it's just like next hole here we go again i'm gonna spray it right (laughs) (laughs) same thing over and over oh i could just talk about golf for like two hours oh it's so funny um i love golf i know i love golf too so when you fly to europe so yeah so basically we're flying tomorrow evening so we flew into Toronto here. We're going to go to the gym tomorrow morning because our flight's not till I think, 6 o'clock tomorrow night. Um, and then, yeah, go to our place in Belgium. And then we race in Zolder this weekend. There's a year around there. So it's probably going to be like 150 dudes this year around, I'm guessing. And then yeah, race that. And then the weekend after that is the first Ooh. World Cup in Manchester. That's a pretty so. bitchin' schedule. Yes, sir. Talk about it. Seriously. We're in Costa Rica, Belgium, Manchester. You guys should get, um, just from this trip alone... You should get, like, elite status. You think we should. On Air but, Canada. But, yeah. Somehow we never do. <laughs> Talking to any girls in BMX at the moment or anything? Any goss? Any gossip. Any gossip. Any gossip? I mean, like, talk to any girls right now anything? I think for a little gossip with the ladies. I feel... Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like he's got, like... He, I don't know if we should say anything. <laughs> we'll bring him on on the show maybe in Europe. And we'll get him to discuss. Yeah. So anyway, you yeah. Can you listen back to this and just get mad at it. You talking any? Hanging out with any? No. No, I just kind of been, kind of just training really since we've been home. It just been me and Alex training, and then um, 
and obviously the girls too drew at, and had home in Vancouver. But just kind of been it's going to be so busy this next little while. Just kind of had to stay in our lane and do our thing, just so we weren't getting too, I want to say, exhausted from other things. Kind of boring, to be honest. When you say, I was like going to that. say that's the lamest <laughs> thing I've ever heard. Yeah, I know. When I get some good gossip, I'll let you know. We'll do a little after dark show, and I'll give you some good gossip. Yeah, dude. Like, just I don't know. You're going to be in Europe for a couple months. Like, you might as well like take a nice, nice girl out to coffee or something. Dude, you know where the place is in Tilt. There's not many females around. I don't know. Talk to, talk to a nice single girl in BMX. So what girls are single in BMX that you can talk to? I don't know, but none of them are in Tilt. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Speaking mm-hmm. of which, okay, nobody has gotten back to me about my proposal for an espresso machine. Okay? I'm shocked. Anybody listen, anybody listen to this podcast? I'm a little ticked off. Okay, We just need a simple espresso machine if you guys want to lend one. I'll offer them a free sticker. Yeah, I'm gonna get, you're going to get a free sticker. Okay, It's a pretty big deal. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess that's all we got today. Didn't you have another rant? Oh, my rant. Yes. Your rant. Oh, I forgot about that. So my, my rant. Yep. The people that say, oh, we don't know how long BMX is going to be Olympics. Are you kidding me? Okay. First of all, that's based on zero fact altogether. BMX is absolutely there to stay at the Olympics. It's one of the first events to sell out at the Olympics. The Olympics in general is trying to appeal to a younger audience in action sports. So where is this crap that BMX is going to get kicked out of the Olympics or, oh, we don't know how long it's going to be in there? Like, this is coming from complete irrational crap. The people that are like, oh, Supercross sucks. It's dumb. <laughs> it's like, well, clearly the world doesn't think it's dumb because it's doing really well in the Olympics. And another yeah, thing, and another thing, <laughs> the Olympics likes sports that aren't dominated by one country. And if there's any sport that that's the definition, it's BMX. Think about like, the medals that have been won or people that have been in finals, it's from a, an array of countries. Colombia wins medals, Latvia, Australia, whatever, U.S. There's tons of different countries. So yeah. we fit the criteria for the Olympics. So all you people that hate BMX Supercross, I get it. You don't like it. That's fine. But just just shut your butt. <laughs> <laughs> shut your butt. <laughs> I, I didn't really have a good line there at the end. <laughs> but no, it's true. I mean, I've, from what I remember, BMX is like you said, one of the first things to sell out, wasn't it? Yeah, like it's one of the first things to sell out. It's hugely popular. Like we're there to stay. I hope so. The yeah, people that, I agree. in my opinion, the people that just think, oh, we don't know how long it's going to be in there, are the people that just are against BMX Supercross, which is fine. Like you don't have to like BMX Supercross, but it's irrational completely. I think because I think it's there to stay completely. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. I completely agree with that too. You know, do you just like feel, Tori said, shut your butt, guys. Do you just feel lighter <laughs> after these rants? I feel a lot lighter. This is, like I said, this is a good therapy session for us. I know. Like, it's just nice to get these little things off our chest. Because sometimes I'm driving and I just think of these little rants. Straight up. <laughs> and it's like, it's just fun to light it up, you know? Yeah. Let people know how, what it is. All right, bro. Until next week. We got our, oh no, do we have our guest for next week? No, we don't have our guest for next week yet. So uh, well, we've tentatively decided, but we haven't asked him. Yeah, this is true. Okay. But if we, get, if we get the guests we're thinking of, it's going to be a very interesting one again. I'm going to be honest with you. I kind of forgot right now. So we're going to, just going to have Tommy offline here. <laughs> are, we going to get, are we going to ask one of the two goats of the sport? Oh, yeah. We're doing that one. Yeah. And so I think if yeah. one goat doesn't want to do it, we'll ask the other goat. What do you think? Okay. I think that's a great plan. So we're going to get People this, will be stoked on that. The two goats of BMX in, in men's BMX, we're going to ask one of them. And if he doesn't want to do it or can't. We're going to ask the other one. So we're going to get one of the goats on. And if they both don't want to do it, then screw them. Yeah. Well, then we'll just, you know, fuck them. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, thanks to Brooke Crane. Yeah. Um, thanks for coming on. Thanks for every, all you guys for listening. Really appreciate it. 
James, 10th show. We're over 16,000 downloads. Holy crap. I never thought it'd be like this right away. I mean, I'm pretty excited about that. It's awesome to hear. So. Pretty stoked. And we're not, honestly, we're not saying that to brag. We, we're literally are in shock that it's this popular and we're so stoked for the support and um, the ongoing of listening and subscribing and everything. And like, we really appreciate it, honestly. Yeah, we have it does a help a lot. So that's awesome. We have a lot of fun doing these. We're going to continue to do them as long as people want us to do them. So yeah, thanks a lot, everyone. And uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks, guys. Later.